The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Namaste. Welcome to the Conscious Combo Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Pippa Leslie. I'm here to share everything I learn, see, and channel. This podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality. I am so grateful you are here. So, thanks for coming today. Mm, Let's catch up. Mm. What's been going on for you? Um, What's been going on? Uh, Scorpio season started. (laughs) Hit me. Couldn't sleep for a couple of days. I am Scorpio. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's been interesting even in the physical sensations of the energy right now. It's waked me a little bit, but not in a bad way, just in a, this is interesting way. Mm. Yeah, that's happening. I feel I'm coming up to my 33rd birthday. I've just had mine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It feels, there's something <laughs> about it. Definitely. 33 has <laughs> got a special. Yeah. There's something like really potent about this birthday coming up. Yeah. It feels big. 1990 girls. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah, 33 for me was always going to be a special year. And I felt that because the first house I bought was number 33. Oh, yeah. And my first house I grew up in was number 25. And we've just moved into number 25. So all them synchronicities are like always around. Mm. Boom. But I always feel Scorpio season is always really fiery and mm-hmm. intense. Mm-hmm. Always. I was even thinking back to my last couple. And then I was looking further back and I was like, I left my marriage during like Scorpio season. I was mandated during Scorpio season. You know, like a lot of things have happened in this timeline of it, like it repeats and it goes like, what are you ready to let go of? You know, and sometimes you'll be able to have a choice in that and sometimes you won't. (laughs) So I'm ready. Mm. I think the, the kind of theme for this year with me has been shadow work. Yeah especially with challenges like we're going to touch on that today I think Mm. with the podcast but I think it's just been a real challenge I think since probably May when I had the miscarriage that's been like a massive like wave of just so much shit coming in like and feeling like I've it's it's like as what's the what's the astrology thing that all the girls talk about where you go through it's your Saturn return yeah I think I'm still in the Saturn return I'm after kind of clarify that but Going through Saturn return apparently is huge. Yeah, major. And it's supposed to be like between the age of like 28 to like th- like mid 30s, I think like mm-hmm. that. So I think shadow work in the sense of what we just spoke about before we even started to record mm-hmm. was around all of us have to work through that. You know, it's a part of us that we don't particularly like. And on a universal level, it's been called in so deeply. Mm. Like if you try and resist it, it will be even harder. It will be more <laughs> yeah. challenging. And it's learning to be able to go down and trust that we always come back up. You know, and I think those of us who have gone through that journey and have gone down and have like clawed our way back up, we've now got this even body recall of like, I can feel that like fatigue and that dysregulation, but I know I can come back up. So it's almost as though we've got more skills and we've got more foundation to be able to do it. And and then our job is to hold the space, you know, for those who it's still feeling really fucking daunting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. Oh, what a juicy conversation it's going to be. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, guys, welcome back to the Conscious Convo podcast. I'm here with Shawi today. Mm -hmm. She's been on the podcast before. And I wanted to bring her back today because we were doing the video side of it as well. And I think you are just a glowing light. <laughs> and I think since I even like downloaded your podcast, the one you were doing, which I hope you start again, mm-hmm. 
yeah, you met Kitty before you met <laughs> Shaoi. <laughs> I know, like just being drawn to your energy. And I think, yeah. me, like I said, me being new in New Zealand mm. was I was looking for those, you know, light workers. I was looking for people to, to resonate with. And I felt like that newbie, you know, mm. that newbie coming into that energy of being like, oh, you know, when you, like when you start a new school. New sense of belonging. Yeah. yeah, where do I fit into this sense of identity? Yeah. Mm. And now definitely I feel like I've found my tribe. Mm-hmm. Some of them are sat in the room with us today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think, I know we wanted to talk about shadow work and yeah. I think I, I actually will tell a little story before we go into that mm. is this morning a lady reached out to me and just said, you know, I've been listening to you, Pip, and like her life's great. You know, she's got a husband and kids and she's doing really good and her life seems to be amazing. Like nothing to complain about. Mm. She's been doing loads of healing and a bit like all of us really. But she said she has this overwhelming anxiety that's just there all the time, mm-hmm. like sitting. And I feel that a lot as well. Like there's no reason for it. I can't, I don't even feel like it's my thoughts creating it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I know spiritual teachers will say the anxiety you feel is your thoughts creating it. Mm-hmm. Like I know that it's, it's like 101, isn't it? But it's something I can't explain. It's there and I, I know where, I know what it is. I did some tips on my stories this morning, but from your perspective, shall we like, what is it? Are you feeling it too? Yeah, there's two different avenues to come in from my experiences in this. One of them is as a somatic therapist, the fact that the mind will always try and cognize everything. However, the body knows what the mind doesn't. Even when you look at it from a trauma-based lens, trauma comes into the into the body first before it comes into the mind. So it's the felt sensation of like the shutdown, fight, flight, freeze, fawn response that can happen right from when we're really young. And up until the age of 18 months, everything is stored somatically, not cognitively. And so that period of time, the mind might go, I don't know why I'm feeling these things. Or when I'm in this situation, I go into shutdown, all these contractions. I don't know. The thing is, you don't need to know. (laughs) We're in this society where it's always trying to make sense of things and go, why? I need to know why so then I can fix it. You don't actually need to know why. That's why I love the work that I do with somatic therapy because we just need to listen and go, I'm feeling this. It could be this, it could be. And actually that is not apparent. All I need to do is listen to the body and go, what do I need? You know, can I do this myself through nervous system regulation stuff, um, grounding techniques, all of our holistic therapies? Do I need some extra support outside of that and look into those places? So that's one avenue of that conversation of if we're feeling something, just fucking listen. (laughs) Because the mind wants to create a story because it's easier for it to understand. There's security and cognizing. And the thing is, is that we as humans in our evolution, we, we're leaning to, towards safety because that's the known. But evolution isn't found in safety. It's found in going into discomfort and, and pushing past what we've known. And we're in a deep place of evolution right now. And a lot of it is conscious evolution. So there's that part of it. The other part of it, again, which is based on somatics as well in the body, is that we have known for a very long time, and research has known, science has known for a very long time, decades and decades, that we are connected via unity consciousness and our nervous systems communicate with each other all the time. And so when you look at what has happened on a collective scale over the last couple of years and what is currently happening with mass devastation in lots of different circumstances that have happened predominantly over the last 12 months as well, there is no doubt that we are picking up on what is happening without humankind because we're one species, we're connected. And so sometimes it, it won't be ours, it'll be collective. And, and if we are feeling it, it's there to be felt. Like it's there for us to feel, maybe for the people that can't feel it and can't move it through. But what's so great about doing the work on ourselves is when we feel it, we also move it through for other people. You know, and it's, a, I think, just connecting into into what am I here to do? And if I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I'm feeling this, let it be and let it move through and alchemize and turn back into love frequency. You know, as energy workers, it's one of my favorite things is, is moving through stuck, stagnant energy and not sending it out as that, but alchemizing it and sending it back as higher frequency. And we all have the tools to do that. Sometimes it's beneficial to have external support. Um, But yeah, when we can look at it as if we are individuals in this journey and we've got a whole library that that lives and stores inside the body, 
that is every experience we've ever had. And then we've got a whole library, which is our soul's recollection. And then we've got our generational recollection, which is stored in our, in our DNA via epigenetics. And then we've got the collective, you know, and it's, it's I think, being, being really good in that polarity of, like, I am me and my individual journey. And also I'm part of something much bigger than myself. There's loads to unpack there. I'm like, I was trying to remember the things of like what I wanted to say through all of it. There's, I spoke to an amazing lady last week. She's from the UK, but she lives in Capiti Coast and mm. she talks about reset to love. And she's yeah. like, love is the highest frequency. Yeah. And if we could all just bring more love into our life, mm. you know, and like, I always go back to Wayne Dyer. So Wayne Dyer is my mm. spiritual teacher. And he says, he uses the orange, the orange analogy. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you were to get an orange right now, we should really have one as like a yeah. crop. <laughs> Imagination. <laughs> if you were to have an orange right now and to squeeze it, what would come out of an orange? Mm. And obviously the, the audience is like, and he tested this with a child and she's like, that's stupid. Well, of course it's orange juice. Mm-hmm. But he said, well, apply that to you. You know, yeah. if someone was to squeeze you today, yeah. what would come out of you today? And it might have been, it might be different emotions. Mm-hmm. It might be anger. It might be fear. It might be love. But ultimately the goal is to, be love you know like be that you know that essence of love and talking to her last week around reset to love she has this love transmission it was so beautiful and going back to that safety what you mentioned about we're actually not meant to live in full safety it's like our body's designed to be you Mm -hmm. know keep us safe keep us safe Mm -hmm. but have to do something to keep us safe yeah and it goes back to that you know fight or flight when we're obviously cavemen cave women Mm -hmm. you know we talk about the ego the ego has had a purpose of keeping us alive, of keeping us safe, but to keep us safe, we had to go into danger to find food, to find shelter. It was you know. actual life and death situations. Yeah. But now it's attached developed. to my opinion of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and what people think of me mm-hmm. and, you know, how much money's in my bank, mm-hmm. what kind of house do I live in, mm-hmm. you know, how many friends do I have? Mm-hmm. You know, that's when the, the ego's role has changed through evolution. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's moving it back, not back, because I don't want to go backwards, <laughs> we're moving forward, but I think it's, cycling round yeah. to being back into that state of you have the power in your own body mm-hmm. to feel safe and mm-hmm. to know that your body's going to take care of you mm-hmm. you know how many times you've been driving and you think you're going to crash and you, your whole body has this shock yeah. and you know that with somatic stuff mm-hmm. and nervous system work mm-hmm. and it's that's that's the key and like when you mentioned about nervous systems we're all speaking to each other I spoke to a beautiful lady a few years ago She's coming back on the podcast in a couple of weeks and she's like basically nervous system. She mm-hmm. loves the nervous system. And she said, our nervous systems are like antennas and they like reach out and like, like, like you see on a, like an ant or something and they all talk to each other. And okay. it's like the same with like trees and roots that yeah. all intertwining. Mm-hmm. But even though we're not like our roots aren't coming out of our like, you know, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like alien or something, they're all, they are all talking to each other. Like yeah. you said, we're, we're frequency people. And I think the nervous system is creating that frequency as well. And I think... Yeah. We've just been speaking to a lady this morning who wears those Heelys, you know, the frequency things mm-hmm. that you wear on your body. And she was talking about, you know, if you're feeling all you, every organ in your body has a frequency and your body in itself has a frequency, mm-hmm. the earth has a frequency, mm-hmm. everything in this room has a frequency. And if you think the more healed you become and the more like, you know, you move into that empathy and that empathic person mm-hmm. and love, you're going to feel things much deeper. Mm-hmm much like everything like, becomes intensified oh, yeah. and that's the thing that I feel and the what I was actually reflecting on was the difference in energy living in the UK mm. to being in New Zealand yeah the generational trauma and the earth trauma here is completely different to the UK mm-hmm. like the UK has had a lot of trauma like with the wars and all like its own history which Chris my husband is an absolute fanatic on so he mm. could probably come on and tell you about mm. all the history of the UK mm. you know New Zealand is new for me I've been here like almost two years mm. and I think feeling into that too you know like what they went through the Maori like they went through so much trauma again we feel that yeah there's a lot that sits in the land here yeah yeah so there's a frequency of the earth and we're all feeling it and I think you know there's a lot going on in the world now which I'm really sad about Mm -hmm. you know with Israel and Mm -hmm. still Russia Mm -hmm. all these wars going on you know I can't watch the news I can't I just Mm -hmm. physically can't I emotionally I can't I'm Mm -hmm. such an emotional person I just Mm -hmm. can't watch the news I'm aware of the news but all these things that are going on, shall we, like, that in itself is having an effect on people, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's it, And it's called the mirror neuron system, is that, is that, which they've only really identified in the last couple of years, which is that, that part of our nervous system that communicates with one another. Um, and I love how you're saying every organ has a frequency, so that the heart frequency comes out six feet outside of the body. 
um, which is what people have just realised. And so we literally can create, like we're in a bubble. <laughs> where our heart energies are like able to communicate with one another. Um, yeah, and it's like even from a, this is what's really exciting about the, the space that we're in now is that holistic awareness that the human as a whole holistic human and scientific research is peering in a really exciting way at the moment and not that we needed it because a lot of us already felt the things that we are experiencing and and so many cultures have so much evidence of the honoring of the soul you know of the holistic being of all of these things however for people that that didn't feel safe enough they needed the safety of the written record of the research. We have that now too, <laughs> which is really cool. And it's going like, okay, so for those people that maybe the conversations that we have and the things we understand felt too foreign, now we can go, hey, look, this is what this is saying. Um, and so that that part of the brain, like that really primitive part of the brain, which is kind of what we're going through right now. So there's Definitely a division agenda that's at play, that has been at play for a very long time, um, whether it's between genders, whether it's between um, religions, cultures, countries, whatever it is. Um, and and what comes into the human psyche when a division concept starts to come in is that primitive part of the brain goes, in order for me to be safe, I have to have the tribe and the sense of belonging. And, and I have to stay the way that I am. When we start doing personal development and we start seeing things for how they are, there is literally a part of our brain that says identity death equals physical death. Like if you allow a part of you to die, whether it is your old beliefs, whether it is an old relationship, whether it is like an attachment onto a role that you play, you know, parent or your career or whatever it is, when you let start to let part of that go, it goes like, no, don't let go of it. Like you have to hold on to that because it's safe. Because if you don't, then a part, then you're going to die. We can see it in teenage years, you know, and that's why a lot of our suicide rates are really high because it's that identity death, that transition from young person to adult. And so when we look at it at a wider scale, it's there are parts of us, and when we know that we can work with them, that are going, the world feels really scary right now, I have to go like this, you know, or I don't, it feels like there's this division and I don't know where to be and I just want to feel safe. And like, yes, yes, it's not about living a dysregulated life. But it's about witnessing the parts of you that are trying to keep you safe that is to your detriment. And that's what we start to realize more when we do this work, right? Is we just start to gain this awareness of, ah, that part of me. Like I tell my clients, I have conversations. This is how I probably started maybe eight or nine years ago. I would like literally talk to my fear. <laughs> and I would be like, hello, fear. <laughs> Thank you for trying to keep me safe. <laughs> I, I don't need you today. I'm actually okay you know, in social situations or in parenting or whatever it was, that awareness piece is the first piece and then we come into the tools that help to regulate us and help us to come more into this love place. Um, I want to speak into the empathy bit um, because it's, like you said before, when we when we start to open up our heart more, everything intensifies, right? And what's so beautiful about that is that I think people don't realize that even though maybe the depth intensifies, so does the joy and so do miracles. You know, it's so exciting when people start coming into working and in frequency because they're like, yeah, and then this thing happened and this coincidence and this. And I was like, yay, you're in like the miracle field now, you know? And I was like, but you, you had to let yourself go into the depths, you know, allow ourselves to feel the stuff that's happening in the world and allow ourselves to feel that the pain of some of our own personal experience and of our loss and of our grief because then we get to feel the heights of it. And I think people are, are so conditioned to live in, in this grey. And I'm like, oh, but there's so many colours available. But we have to be okay to go down, and especially in this energy right now, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when you talk about, like, death of the ego, you know, death, yeah. like, dying while you're still alive, it comes up a lot too. And I think... Mm. I've been tested. Mm. I don't like using the word test and I keep saying mm -hmm. test. I feel like it's the universe sending a reminder. Gifted. Like, yeah, like <laughs> You've been gifted. I like, listen. Like a little reminder to see like, and I think it was so, uh, the awareness, that's a big thing that I work on is self-awareness. You know, each, each layer that you find in yourself that when you heal something or you have that awakening, you know, little aha moment mm. is more of the, 
talk about the you know death of the ego is the victim mentality like you know poor me why, why is this happening to me mm-hmm. you know and that's I found that cr- trying to creep in so much mm-hmm. you know going through a miscarriage mm-hmm. my husband losing both of his fathers we had a home break in mm-hmm. there was just all of this shit coming at me from every single angle and the ego part of me which is obviously false mm-hmm. and it isn't real it's created for myself was niggling away at me saying oh poor you why is this happening to you you know and I just was like you know what instead of just trying to just push it away allow like you said that talk to your fear you know I again I allowed it to have a voice so what do you want to say the floor is yours go take the mic you know what do you want to say and it was just bullshit like it was just an older version of me trying to creep in to pull me back down to where I was and I was like nah no 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 like I'm way way from that but it's so easy to fall back into that absolutely and I feel like it wasn't it is like and you know what? Part of me wanted to go there. Yeah. Because it was yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. comfort and cosy and I can just just go into a cocoon mm. and not face the world. Mm. And there's days where, like, you know, I, I I find it hard to rest and find it hard to switch off. Mm-hmm. And there's days of the last few weeks where I've gone, you know what? Today I'm just going to stay in my pyjamas all morning. Yeah. And finding comfort in that because it's uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And I think also with that, like, Wednesday last week, that was interesting because... I watched the rest of Firefly Lane. Have you watched it? Mm. Oh, so any of you listening, if you haven't watched Firefly Lane, it's like a series on Netflix. Yeah. It's oh, incredible. I don't have a TV. Oh, <laughs> People recommend things all the time. I was like, I don't own a TV. It's, well, it's actually a book as well. So okay. Yeah, you can do a book as well. Uh, audiobook, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, so book and then the Firefly Lane is on Netflix and yeah. just just the message of it. So I finished mm. it on Wednesday. I was like, you know, I'm just going to stay home and just watch the last three episodes. Mm-hmm holy shit like I was in tears crying the whole time yeah beautiful I just because the messages in it was so like needed in that moment like Mm. I'm not going to spoil it because people (laughs) want to watch it but obviously a few people reached out because I put it on my stories Mm -hmm. I couldn't stop crying all day but that part of me again was like why are you crying are you sad I'm like no I'm actually not sad I'm actually it's like we associate I'm just putting energy in motion because emotion is energy in motion exactly yeah it's like the brain it tries to make sense of the felt experience yeah it's like it's trying to label everything you're feeling like okay if I'm crying doesn't always mean sadness no I cry when I laugh like I cry when I'm like happy and and inspiration like Mm -hmm. just all of it and it was just interesting to watch my thoughts and watch what was being said I, I reached out to a couple of friends and was just like pouring that love out because I had that overwhelming and um, Wayne talks about this in one of his story and one of his uh, speaking engagements he talks about like the wave of love will like wash over you mm-hmm. and it doesn't last long mm-hmm. but it when it does all you want to do is send it out to everybody mm-hmm. and I did and I was like and the other thing I want to touch on and probably you can touch on this too because of like, tra- being with trauma and you're qualified in that and stuff like that is allowing yourself to feel what you feel without having to share it right away i'm working Mm. on that a lot right now whenever i feel a deep emotion whether it's sadness anger happiness joy i instantly want to share it whether it's on social media with friends and one of my therapists said to me can you just spend a day just feeling that just for you just in it yeah (laughs) and she said and and if you if you find it hard it's okay just be mindful of it the other day i was I, i spoke truthfully truthfully to a friend and that was a big thing for me. Mm. And instantly went on social media to share it. And I was like, why? Why can't I just sit in that energy? And it's definitely an awareness for me that I need to move into. Yeah. And again, I didn't like, you know, criticize myself. I just, I've reached out to my therapist and said, this happened. Yeah. And she was like, great awareness. Mm. You just keep working on it mm-hmm. that way. So just like kind of being a bit more introverted with my feelings. And also that that whole concept can be in shadow and light as well because it can be this shadow piece of potentially the um, desire for validation or or like just wanting it to be outside of you as well. But then there's also the light piece, which is like you want to inspire people and you want to share it. And it's it's not that it's always black and white, right? But it's just looking at the behaviours and going, oh, I wonder if if in this day I could process and do this in a different way. I wonder how that would feel, this curiosity, right? Like curiosity of our behaviours and processes as opposed to, again, this like, oh, that must mean it's a self-sabotage or it's self-critical, whatever it is. You know, just being like, oh, I just wonder if maybe I explored this from a different lens, what would be there for me? Which is like what you've done, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, without it needing to be anything else, really. 
Yeah. Yeah, and maybe I've got a bit of fear of it, like, losing the moment. Yeah. And then not being in that moment again yeah. and losing the moment. Yeah. That bit of FOMO. Or that authenticity piece. Yeah. And wanting to share it when it's in the frequency yeah. of authenticity. However, you are authentic. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's <laughs> so, like, yeah. It's, so that, that never changes. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting to, to have that. And it's so funny because, I mean, I've had calls with you as well and it's yeah. like, you know what to do and then when you jump on the call everything floods in like Mm -hmm. it happens all the time and I've had so much realization Mm. like Wednesday was a massive pivotal day for me what I found was when you have that huge again that duality of the up Mm. and down you Mm -hmm. know is that huge like I want to share love oh my god I feel so good Mm -hmm. and then Friday I was sick all day yeah it's like (laughs) come on can you last like longer than two days like so it's that again that duality of you know that the thought process on Friday, I could have gone into that. Mm. Oh, why, why am I down again? Like, why do I feel mm-hmm. like crap? Like, oh, I wasn't down physically, mm. like in a, in a energetic sense, but I was sick, you know, I, I, I must've got a bug or something. And I was like, but you know what? That's the whole point of like this human experience, isn't it? Of like, we're in a, we're a soul in a human and we're having a human experience. And what that means is there's going to be all these different experiences. And the other thing I wanted to touch on was emotion of anger how I have never been able to feel anger safely because I don't like anger anger my belief around anger which we realized two weeks ago was anger makes you mean yeah because I've been around a lot of angry friends that are mean Mm -hmm. so whenever like anger would come up for me in slight because I've pushed it away so much Mm. when it tries to creep in I'm like I'm like no 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 because I felt like it was going to stray me from my spiritual path mm. but actually anger is part of the spiritual path because it gives you passion and it gives you drive mm-hmm. and it Momentum. manifests into anger is a actually powerful emotion yeah it is so I've been working on safely mm-hmm. feeling anger and what's interesting is people resonate with that so I love how when I mentioned anger you were like Ooh. oh <laughs> I, I was like yum <laughs> because I, I love yeah I love the conversation around anger. Um, there's two other things I want to go into that that came up though that I want to speak into. I want to give an example. You spoke about that wave of love that Wayne Dye spoke about. I had an embodied processing therapy client the other day. So embodied processing therapy is working with um, the brain, subconscious, neuroscience, and somatic therapy. And it was such an incredible session, and she had that exact experience. So. She moved a lot of things through. And with um, EP, what we do is come into completely the felt sensation of the body. So bring in a trigger, say an experience in someone's life or a particular emotion, and we just allow the body to talk and communicate through sensation. And I just, we keep coming back to the body. Even if the mind tries to come in, we come back. Memories might come up. We might do some like inner child work or, you know, memory work, but we keep coming back to the body. And, and she was having a lot happening. Like a lot was moving through. She had really intense what she would say is pain I don't like using the word pain um, because it's so subjective but discomfort all through one side at one point a lot was moving through we're in that space around an hour and a half and then when we came to the end of it and, and the nervous system finishes that cycle it's incredible when we came to the end of it and she was coming back into this peace place she just started like crying and I said what well, you know what's happening for you and she said I she said I can feel source in my organs she said I can feel like love and peace in my organs in my body and she was like I'm actually really overwhelmed and she had these tears coming down it was literally this wave of love and peace that she'd created space for by moving through the trapped experiences and emotions that were blocking that from being able to come through in the felt sensation so that's what's possible, like, and it ties in so beautifully with what we're talking about, allowing sensations to come because you it's all space creating. You're just creating space. Like every time we allow ourselves to feel, we're creating space. Um, and then when you were speaking about like that Wednesday being in this high of like love and then and then this whew, I think what I've noticed is a pattern and it, it'd be interesting to speak to more people that are really in the work around this. I've had a lot of people say it's similar as I find I go through um, like big soul upgrades and then my body has to catch up. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So like, and it'll be, it'll be quite subtle most of the time. And then I find every kind of six to nine months, I'll do like a big jump in my evolution, my own consciousness. And then my body for like three days, will be like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, like, 
I can't move. <laughs> well, it's, integra- it's integration. <laughs> totally. It? The body's got to catch up, you know, because it, it's got to, it's got to come in, but it's a lot for our physical vessels and the evolution that's happening in terms of our consciousness. It's a lot for it. Yeah. Um, so anger. Yeah. Anger. Uh, I find a lot of my Reiki and EP clients, particularly women, have a lot of challenges when it comes to their relationship with anger. And again, when we go macro on that, when we really look at it from a wide scale, it, we have not been safe to express anger as the feminine for many, many, many centuries. And it, like we were murdered for it. You know, we were murdered for being ourselves. We were murdered for being woman. We were murdered for expressing anything, particularly anger. Um, and then when you look at it from, and and I'll speak into women, but it is all. I just have noticed it particularly with my female clients. Um, yeah, it's felt so unsafe too. And it's interesting. I find that sadness is more accepted yeah. with women and anger isn't, and the opposite for men. Anger is more accepted yeah. and sadness isn't. And that's speaking very genetic in terms of genders. However, that's what I've seen. Uh, and yeah, anger is, I really like when we can start to look at all expressions of sensation and feelings as equal. There are no bad or no good. There are no positive or no negative. It's a whole array of experience. Yeah, it is. And yeah, you're exactly right. Like anger is is definitely, um, an up-regulating emotion. And so it kind of puts us into an up stage when we feel anger. And it's momentum, it's passion, you know, and it's working out how to be in it and use it as as motivation and see what's there for you in it. Because it's fiery, yeah, definitely. But there's often parts of ourselves and often parts of our shadow selves that are sitting in anger that that we have to be okay with because it can it can be it can be a volatile, dangerous emotion. And so we have to come into this place and we develop a closer relationship with it where we can go, can I be in this and know there is always a potential for me to cause harm in this? And I'm aware of that, but I am in control of it. And that's a big thing for people to be in. You know, it's like as we become more powerful and influential, that comes in like, oh, can I be in this? And no, I could do harm if I choose to but I'm going to choose this. And I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of in it. And and then there's the stored memory of it, you know, depending on what our life has been, if we've been a young child and that's been shunned and don't express it, don't hold it, then that anger, that particular emotion does stay trapped and often up around throat as well. It's a lot of anger that stays in around the jaw um, and around the chest area. Uh, Yeah, and that's why, again, big preacher for somatic therapy. (laughs) Yeah, that's... (laughs) Breathwork for me has been probably one of the most powerful oh, yeah. ones I've ever done mm. for like moving something so quickly mm-hmm. and like the chemi- like just the chemi- mm-hmm. that's going on in your body. Mm-hmm. Anger for me, I remember got asked, got asked the question from the therapist. She said, "What what is the most more comfortable feeling for you? Sadness yeah. or anger?" Like you yeah. just said, and it's sadness. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I can cry, I can be sad. Like it's so easy to move into sadness. Yeah, you see it in children, don't you? Like children are our best learners. Like they just the the teachers that just oh my god, they're amazing. You know, even my stepson who's mm-hmm. eight, like he gets angry mm-hmm. and it's like as adults we're like <gasps> like it's a it's an uncomfortable emotion to have to move through even when you're not the feeling it. Of, yeah. yeah. hmm But also how many times have parents told their kids like anger's not okay? I know. Because they're not being able to channel it and release yeah. it in a safe space. I think that's why so many people now as adults look what's going on in the world with the wars as they now manifest anger. anger into like yeah. this again that chip on the shoulder kind of analogy of yeah. they've got all this pent up anger mm-hmm. how are they channeling it out like you've just said about having that safe space to channel it you know I've just been saying to my friends one of my favourite exercises is boxing I've always loved boxing so like that could, that's an anger release in a way like obviously done with like you know a proper PT and a safe and obviously a punching bag's fine <laughs> you don't hurt anyone in the process but I think even one of my friends has a little girl it's four and she had a really bad day and they're so great. They're so like authentic kids. She came home one day and she said, I've had a really bad day. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. She's like, someone really annoyed me today. And she would just say she was just angry. And I was like, should we, should we play some games? She, no, I'm not in the mood. I was like, okay, so should we, do you want to dance around? And, and she said, yeah, yeah. So I was like mm-hmm. showing her to, it was just instant for me. So I said, can I show you something really safe that you can do after, after school and you come home and do it, but you can only do this to the pillow. You can't do it to people. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. So I was showing a punch in the pillow. 
And she was just like, you know, smacking it down. She was laughing then. She was like, oh, this is so fun. And she's like four years old. And then we put a Disney song on, which was Let It Go, because it was her (laughs) favourite. Shout out to Frozen. And we were like dancing around the kitchen, just like shouting Let It Go. And she just was instantly moved. Mm. And I said that this morning in my stories about anxiety. Like, you have the power to move that feeling. It's yours. It moves, yeah. And it only only stays in the body when it's stuck. Mm. You just got to move it into movement. And particularly, like, anger is is, um, a very high moving energy and so it often takes physical movement to actually get it through and how many people when you're around someone who's angry feel uncomfortable yeah because it happens like in my dynamic with chris like Mm. we're not angry people Mm. you know we're not angry people and we've kind of affirmed that all our life Mm. so him in the sense of he's the same as me so he's like he doesn't feel comfortable you know Mm -hmm. expressing anger even though i know a lot of things piss him off Mm -hmm. a lot of things piss me off but it's like, I'm still working on that connection of I'm allowed to be pissed off. I'm allowed to be angry at stuff because there's things in the world that piss me off. There's things about people that piss me off. There's things and we should be fucking angry about. Exactly. <laughs> Too and many people aren't angry about things. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, can we use anger to channel the passion yeah. to be passionate about what we're doing for the world? And I yeah. think that's where there was that interweaving of the emotion yeah. of anger and passion. Mm. Like what you've just said, you know, uh, is it, what's her name? Abraham Hicks. She has that emotional scale. Mm. And she teaches that oneness of like, you can put yourself on that scale, whether it's anger or like neutral or joy, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, but it's moving up and down like that wave, Absolutely. you know, because like one day you, you, your circumstances in life, you know, you could be driving home today and there's like somebody pulls out on you or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And it does like, are we okay to just be like, that really pissed me off yeah. today? Because I always felt, and I've this has been what I'm working on now is whenever I would say I was pissed off at that or I was angry at this, mm-hmm. it's straying me from my spiritual path mm-hmm. it's straying me from staying in the light and staying positive uh, and spiritual bypassing yes <laughs> and that's the, that's the cycle yeah. that we get put in and I think yeah. you have but then it takes me back to Neil Donald Walsh mm. yeah I spoke to him on the podcast a few months ago and he talks about how like he was angry mm. you know his story no he's he he wrote the books conversation with God he's oh, amazing yeah, yeah. he was angry you know he lost mm. his wife lost mm. his job mm. he was living in a homeless camp and he just kept things were coming at him coming at him coming yeah. at him and he just woke up one day and was like, God, universe, why, why me? He was just so angry. And he had this big, massive spurt of anger. And the universe replied, are you ready now? Yeah. And that's when he just started channeling. Like, yeah. well, he, he, he would tell me off of saying channeling because it's not channeling. He said it's downloading because mm-hmm. we can all access that. Mm-hmm. And it made me realise when I was going through all these challenges this year, like that's similar to like Neil, not comparing what his challenges were to mine, but it's again that gift, what you've just said. I love how you yeah, said gift, gift, not a test, a gift yeah. that I've been, I can, I can handle this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I I always and, believe the universe will send the stuff you can handle and move through. Yeah, and more than handle, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, that, it's again that, like, curiosity of, like, okay, this is happening and I'm going to be in the present and the felt sensation of it and move the things through that I need to move through. But, like, what else can be here? Like, what else can I explore in this? What else can I learn from this? Like, what else can I feel from this? And, you know, sometimes things will come because maybe we've got trapped emotions from decades ago or yeah. lifetimes ago that are sitting there and they're like, here's an opportunity to move it through. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's an opportunity to feel grief because mm-hmm. there's grief and sorrow that's been sitting there. Like, here's something for you to feel this so that you can then create space. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's this, like, aversion that people have to looking at what's there or going like, oh, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Like, no, sometimes it's not, and that's okay. It's okay that it's not fine sometimes. It's okay that it's uncomfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, I think, definitely within this, um, the, the world of, of personal spiritual development, it's like, even though I'm not an angry person, you're orphaning a part of yourself in that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. like that, those labels, yeah. or, or the opposite, I'm just an angry person. My dad was angry, his dad was angry. Like, you're creating the sense of identity that is not wholeness. Because you're basing it on, like, I am therefore this. Yeah, it's affirming, like, I can feel anger in a safe space. You know, Totally. It's like, I'm I, a human it, in the full expression of all emotions. Yeah. You know? It's interesting because it's like, I think, like, for example, like, I've never heard myself say, I'm so angry at something. Yeah. I've never said that word. Mm. I've said, oh, I was so pissed off at this. It's not, you know, it's just, but that's mm. not in my vocabulary a lot. Like, I mm. never mention, like... You know, we try and get the kids not to say the word hate because yeah. we think hate's a really strong word. Yeah. You know, but obviously the kids get annoyed at stuff. There's one question I wanted to ask you to see mm. your, your take on it. Mm. We're teaching the kids, mm. you know, and obviously you've got kids too. Yeah. Is, you know, we've got, we've got an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old, right? So the eight-year-old's just out of that seven, zero to seven. Yeah. 
you can tell because he's he's coming more into his like his identity mm. now. And when like his big brother pisses him off, we're trying to teach him if you're getting annoyed at what he does, that you're allowing yourself to be mad. Mm-hmm. He made me mad. So mm-hmm. we're trying to understand that you're it's okay that you're mad. It's yeah. okay that you pissed off at what yeah. he did or he said. But ultimately that is that's your responsibility to feel that. I know it's hard because he's only eight. Mm-hmm. But what should I take around that? Because again, like it's help helping them to feel safe to express mm-hmm. that anger mm-hmm. and madness and, you know, mm-hmm. safely. It's such a great conversation. Uh, so I've got a 12-year-old, 8-year-old and 7-year-old. So similar oh, and then yeah, the 7 yeah. is. And um, for my 7-year-old, um, anger has been a beautiful journey for him. Yeah, and there's lots of tools. So we have a boxing bag for him um, and lots of self-regulation stuff that helps him in that. And it's, yeah, so I have very similar conversations. One thing that, man, it came through like this one day. My eight-year-old said to me, this feels really unfair. And part of me was about to go tell him all the reasons it wasn't unfair. But that's his reality. His reality is that this is unfair. So I like caught myself one day and I was like, oh my gosh, I had this moment of, okay, wait. If I speak against that, I'm not honouring what his truth is and what his reality is right now. I can do that and give him the tools to feel the things he needs to feel in it and then go, hey, and I want to just show you the ways that I do love you and care about you and I know sometimes it feels like that. I know that Mm -hmm. that's never my intention or that's never their intention. So it's like this dance of honouring what their reality and their truth is. Like his reality is that that is happening to him. So it's kind of this, yeah, this dance we have to do as adults around children and then allowing the full sensation of experiences from that um, and still come back to that that ownership of what we have. So yeah, I have similar conversations, um, particularly with my 12-year-old, not so much now, but in the last couple of years, uh, as she gets annoyed sometimes. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, like, you're making me so angry. And I'd be like, honey, I love you. Uh, and if you're feeling angry, that's totally fine and I'm okay with that. Um, but there is an element of choice in it. Now she's older, so she, yeah. you know, she understands that more. And so it's there is sometimes the time and place for that conversation isn't in the moment. Like sometimes the time and place for that conversation is when they're in a more regulated place Calm so they down. can be in yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas when they're coming to us, what they're saying is see me. Yeah, yeah, see me, like, hear me. See yeah. me and what I'm in right now. Like, can you just see me and and help me to come back into co-regulation, which is our job as adults around young people. And this is why, like, I preach so much about us doing the work so we can be that co-regulated nervous mm-hmm. system for them again because our nervous systems are communicating. Yeah. And then when there's space to have the open conversation, uh, like when my youngest goes through big emotional releases, and it's incredible the awareness he has around it now. It just blows my mind, like at seven years old, the awareness that he can have around it now. But when he's in it, the whole focus is, is okay, he's in it. Let him feel all of the stuff so it can be in motion, move it through, and then come into co-regulation, and then we have the conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's almost, you know, emotions can blind us as well, yeah. you know? Um, yeah there's two things really like I said when you when your kids are upset or like you know angry or whatever it is as a mother you want to fix it you like fix you want to fix it how we can feel better mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it's actually not saying anything at all and yep. just give them the hug or yep. the most powerful question I've learned to ask is yeah what do you need absolutely what do you need right now because like you said that that need see yep. me see me sometimes yep. when you ask what do you need they're like oh they actually don't know yeah they don't know they don't really know time. it's yeah. like they just want to be seen heard like you mentioned yep. So it, it is like that dance, mm-hmm. like it's, it could be really challenging, mm-hmm. but the more self-aware you get, I think that's that self-awareness through, yeah. you know, through, through mm. your children too. And it's really beautiful to mm. be able to like move into that mother mm. kind of role as well mm. as, as I move through life. Cause it's, it was challenging for me, you know, to step into that mother yeah, role, especially having like stepchildren, mm-hmm. you know, and not having carrying them myself. And mm-hmm. so it's interesting to be able to learn that. And the way, like, obviously Chris will say, you know, mm-hmm. I love you so much, mm-hmm. you know, even though, even that if they've been like a bit of a shit, you know, yeah. we go like, you know what, like we love you and it's yeah. okay. Yeah. You'll move past this. And that's mm-hmm. all they need to hear. It's like, it's okay. It's the most beautiful gift. I love you. Even like I, I have these conversations with all my kids. I love you. Even when you're angry, I love you and I'm mm. angry. I love you and you're sad. I love you and I'm sad. Like, I love you and I'm happy. And when you're happy, <laughs> yeah. like, I always love you and I can love you and still say your behavior is not okay. Yeah. 
and I can say I love you and I have to be a good parent in this situation and put some boundaries in yeah because that duality of being a good girl and a, and a bad boy oh, it's like absolutely. it's that whole like oh if I'm angry or sad mum won't love me yeah it's that that's that gotta go across the whole board of it yeah. you know yeah it's really interesting there's two like really good tools in that kind of parenting basket that are really good um, when it comes to you like what do you need is already having some options available is really good like for my, so for my, all the kids, particularly their stuff with my youngest at the moment, we have, um, so we have a breathing whistle, the ones that you can breathe through and it helps to elongate the breath that's just as a necklace. I don't have it just for him because I want it all available. It's in my altar space in our lounge. So he has that available. Rescue remedy he asks for, he has headphones in his room because he gets sensory overload. So in his room he has like a basket and he has headphones. Um, he has... Uh, like some fidget stuff oh, that yeah. helps as well. Um, he has bubbles for blowing because it helps with breath. He has um, like the the pedal boards with the ball that you can bounce yeah. on them. So kinesthetic things. He's got the boxing bag available. Like he's got his own um, pair of boxing gloves. So there's like this array of tools that are there that majority of the time he can do himself. Yeah. Um, but I can always be there because I'm a single mum with three kids. Yeah. And so it's like I'll, I'll be in the physical presence when I can. But also then he's learning skills for life yeah. because there's this dance we do where, yes, we co-regulate and we also want them to be able to develop self-regulation skills as much as they can, as quickly as they can yeah. when they get older. Um, the other piece that I've been speaking about this a lot recently is knowing your kid's love language. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah that's knowing, one thing I yeah, love about Yeah, knowing like, the way yeah. that they, they receive love the most. So when they're in those spaces, either in it, if there's, an, if there's an act that can happen when they're in it or afterwards, we can fill up their love cup again, you know, and if it's quality time or if it's words of affirmation or physical touch, whatever it is, knowing what you're, and same with partnerships, same with friends, all those things. But people forget about it a lot with our kids. Yeah. Like, of course they have, you know, main ways they like to receive. Mm. And particularly particularly being aware if your children's love languages are not your most prominent ones because it takes a bit more effort mm. to go into that space because it wouldn't be more natural. Yeah. Um, yeah, and filling it up in that way. And then again, it's like cre- they've created the space and the energy being emotion, we fill it back up with love. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting, you all them tools you mentioned because my youngest will go f- go for those. Yeah, the like, things that this like Disney thing with a ball on it and he pick yep. it up and he just like mess with that or like yep. he'll want headphones on because it kind of blocks out sound. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's interesting because all the different tools. But the eldest is the one I struggle with the love language because he's yeah. like that teenage mode where like yeah. he he's not really a huggy huggy person, but then he just wants to be left alone. It's like my daughter. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard, but yeah. I like, gotta rest my head on her shoulder sometimes. I'm like, I love you. Yeah. And I just want to be touched and she's and she's she's like, I'm like, she's accepting it. And yeah. then I might gently I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a whole other thing we're going into. Yeah, we're like you could do like a part two for like yeah. parenting yeah. and like the challenges of parenting because mm. your children are moving through like stages Constantly. and they're moving through like finding who they are mm-hmm. the personalities change you know they just and that's kind of like but then you do as well mm-hmm. you evolve too mm-hmm. so it's like trying to and also like because obviously kids are going from two different households yeah gotta, like, so that's like another podcast we could do like, yeah, there's, a whole, there's a whole thing <laughs> is there anything else on your heart today that you want to share um what else is on my heart just a call right now for what's happening on a global scale, for us to come into a place of realising that we can do so much in ourselves because there's definitely, I'm feeling like a lot of people are feeling really helpless and that helplessness is then pulling them back from wanting to see what's happening. And so reminding people that what they do makes a difference. Again, research proves this, like the Maharishi effect, right, of the monks meditating and the impact it has on crime. So look that up if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and if you really bring yourself into regulating yourself, moving through things, regularly going into practices like meditation and all these things, it sends it out into the collective. You know, your random acts of kindness send ripples out. You know, the more that we can show up in this frequency of kindness, you know, of service, of service mm. yeah, and of we're all one. It doesn't matter what yeah. the color of our skin is, what our language is, what our backgrounds are. Like, don't buy into the division agenda. It's intentional and it's trying to control us and disempower us. The greatest gift you could give to humanity right now is to become more empowered. And if you can't find that in yourself, look for people outside of you. Bring in the communities to help raise you up and raise one another up because it's desperately needed right now. I love that. 
Yeah. I think mine would just be to move into love more, like move it, what, what, like that random acts of kindness, you know, yeah. it doesn't need to cost a fortune. It can just be like random little things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's something that's always been a massive thing for me, like just to be kind because kindness goes a long way Yeah, and it's remembered, mm-hmm. you know, people remember kindness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like allowing that love into your heart because you deserve that love into your heart too. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like, again, you can't give away what you don't have. That's the analogy of the orange. Mm-hmm. You can't give away what you don't have. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have love in your heart, you can't give it away. Yeah. So bring more things into your life that bring you joy, bring you love, bring you happiness. Yeah. And once you fill in your cup, it the overflow can go. Yeah. yeah, without effort. There's a really good tip I give to people that want to show like random acts of kindness and they don't know. And it's like one I do often is buy the Checkout Girl a chocolate bar at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's <laughs> like awesome. Really simple. Costs like a dollar or two dollars, yeah. whatever it is. And it's like you're you're constantly around people, you know, and it's like those things of kindness, you know, or giving compliments to someone. I like the supermarket because it's a really regular thing that people yeah. have occur often and it's really easy. And the, the times that I do it, honestly, like one day I went to someone and the two people either side of her didn't have people at their checkout. So I bought them all chocolate bars and they were like, like the look on their shocked. faces, they're, so they're like, oh my gosh, like, are you sure? Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's like, of it's helping them to accept that too. Absolutely. I remember doing yeah. it once in the McDonald's queue. I bought yeah. the person behind, behind you. The, yeah. the lunch and mm-hmm. I remember like looking in my mirror and they were like, they I were just know. so shocked. Like, you know, which you, tells us it needs to happen more. If people yeah. are shocked by random acts of kindness, exactly. we all need to do it more. And it, for <laughs> me, I was I drove off. I had the biggest smile on my face. Mm. I was around Chris. I was like, I've just bought someone their lunch yeah. and dolls, and I just got yeah. to New Zealand. I was like, yeah. I'll always leave when I've been kind. I always leave with that. Yeah. It makes me feel so mm-hmm. fucking good. Mm-hmm. It really does mm-hmm. because it's like. I can give it away and it's not, you change from not what's in it for me. It's because I can just serve and serve and serve. Mm-hmm. But remember to keep filling that cup in yeah. between all that. Mm. Awesome oh. chat. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We just love this and love talking yeah. about it. I hope you took some nuggets away from it and just, if you did reach out to both of us mm. on socials, I'm going to put all Shawi's socials on the links and stuff. But yeah, I've just really loved talking to you today. Mm. Always. Always a beautiful conversation. We'll do part two. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, darling. Thank you so much, guys. Take care wherever you are in the world and remember to send them kindness and love and just be yourself, fill your cup, and we're all here for you. Uh, Send in love. Bye, guys. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.